The I Am Man podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are here. I'm excited that you guys are joining us. Yo, this is going to be crazy. Welcome to the I Am Man live webinar podcast. I'm excited and grateful for all of the brothers that are here, um, that are listening in, that are tuning in, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your office, whether you're at the uh, and doing what you do. Yo, I'm excited that you've taken a moment to listen to us. Hey, I'm excited. I see people coming in. Um, I am so doggone excited because I have a special guest that's here with me who I have mad respect for. When I tell you this dude is all over the place, he walks heavy, he his mind just boggles me. Um, and it takes, you know, it takes somebody with with some with some uh, uh, good brain genes. I don't know if that makes sense, but he has some good brain genes. Um, he's intelligent. Um, he's out here changing lives like for real, for real. I'm not just talking about like on social media saying, oh, look at what we do. Look at what, you know, he is in the trenches um, and he has an amazing story. And I want to um, introduce to you guys a friend of mine, somebody that I've had the privilege of working with, uh, Mr. Charles Carter. What's up, bro? How hey, are you? Man, I'm super excited, man. You're doing some great work on your end. I'm super excited. <laughs> to hear the dialogue we about to engage in, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I see. I forgot that you're you're a Purdue man, just like your boy over here. Come on, boilers up. The boiler up. I see you, you, man. So, man, I want to hop right into this, man. So just tell us, man, who are you? Who are you? Who's Charles? What's up? Who am I? Um, Man, I guess the best way, you know, this was weird because I've thought about this question before. Um, I just want to be an example, man. I I really want to be an example. Uh, I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, well, born on the south side of Chicago, raised in Gary, Indiana, for about half of my life in Chicago, half of my life in Gary, Indiana. And, uh, you know, your, your, your typical, unfortunately, your typical African-American story, you know, raised in a project, you know, uh, low income, exposed to gang violence, guns, drugs, the whole nine uh, at a very young age. And um, very early on, you know, chose a, chose a, a, a violent or aggressive path. And, and as I always say, um, I have a, I had a support system that just refused to give up on me. They just continued to pour into me. And going into high school, so ninth grade, um, I, I started to believe in what they were saying. I started to believe in the potential that I had. So um, to be more candid about who I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely someone who, I want, I try to identify myself as someone who is an example for people who can make it out of any circumstance. 
um, despite what society has labeled them, despite what the, the system, quote unquote, the system has labeled them. Um, I'm college educated. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm strong minded. And I'm someone who, who takes pride in blazing the trail of being of, of doing things differently than what their society or circumstance has set out for them. So I try to consider myself as an example. So that's good stuff, man. So I always like to kick off um, with asking every one of my guests, what does it mean to be a man? What is a man? Oh, that's yeah, deep. That's deep, bro. That's deep. We jump right, we jump right in there, brother. We jumping right in there. What does it mean to be a man? Oh man. Um I mean, right off the top of my head, the first the first word that pops into my head or the first phrase that pops into my head, Rob, is somebody who is who, who takes accountability for everything that's going on around them. Takes accountability for their behavior, for the results that they have in their life, for their family. Someone who takes radical responsibility for their circumstance or their outcome. Um, I guess to give something a little bit more tangible, someone who is a provider, um, someone who is a source of protection for themselves and their family, and uh, someone who provides a sense of uh, security for those who look to him for security. Um, That's who I would consider a man. But, you know, I definitely want to emphasize someone who takes radical responsibility for their life. Man, that's good stuff. Uh, so do you believe that a man is mostly defined by what he does? What he does. This is the great debate. In, in this day and age, that's a different type of question. <laughs> that's a different type of question. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, guess, I guess. I'm just saying, you know, you know, man, folks are out here and are trying to work up you know, this, then I, I guess even the way I'm phrasing this tells you where I stand on the spectrum. You know, men out here, they they struggling, brother. They struggling because um, a lot of times their manhood and their masculinity are solely defined upon what they can do, what they can do. Um, you know, when you meet a man, when you meet another guy, the first thing you ask them, hey, what's your name? And hey, what do you do? Because then yeah. we automatic, automatically measure um, his 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 manliness uh, yeah. by what he does. But my question is always, my, the question I always ask is, what happens when you can't do it no more? You feel me? If your if your yeah. if your if if your definition of a man is defined by uh, your job, what happens if you get laid off? You know, if your definition of a man yeah. is is how many people you slept with. Well, what happens when, yo, when your other partner stop working? Like, what? So, right. are you no longer a man anymore? Rob, I'll be honest, man. That's a that's a um, that's a different perspective for me. You know what I mean? That's a different idea for me to have to entertain. Um, I definitely will be honest when I say I do have a more traditional concept of what a man is. But as you, but as you state your perspective on it, um, it. it 
it shouldn't be confined to what a man does. Well, no, you know question, I mean? Are you a sports guy? You are a sports guy. Absolutely. Of course. That, guy. Of course. That's why. <laughs> absolutely a sports guy. It's weird. Um, I do think there are some, like, some very uh, gender-based responsibilities of being a man. Uh, I wouldn't expect my wife to protect me. I wouldn't expect... If that makes you know what I mean. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let you talk. I'm gonna let you talk. Oh. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect my my wife to um, to have to be over courageous or over vulnerable in order to protect who I am. Um, and maybe that's just who I am versus who my partners have been. Um, but as I think about man. That, you shook me up with that comment for real like that's a different way to view like what is a man like is it a social construct or is it something that's innate you know what I mean is it something that's like genetic that's in us <laughs> like what 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 I, am I allowed to ask you're, you're allowed to ask brother we, we having a conversation I, so I'm it. curious to hear like what's your what is your answer for that type of question so number one I think and I say it like this, man, depending upon who you ask at what stage in their life they're in, this question always changes. But for me, I would say manhood is a commitment to a journey to growth. Ooh, I yeah, love that. Dropping it, brother. Manhood is a commitment to the journey of growth. I believe um, as a man, there are, you know, there are some solid things. I grew up in the South that I think certain men, you know, that qualities, um, things that men should have, you know, to be strong, to be courageous, to be, you know, co- uh, integral. Um, and I think those are guiding principles that help guide men through their journey. Right. But I believe that looks that journey looks radically different um, now that I'm going um, into my seventh year of marriage with my wife, man. There's been times where I'm the breadwinner, where I'm, you know, where I'm the strong one when I'm when I, you know, have all my stuff together. I'm good. I'm Gucci. I'm right. eating. Um, my kids love me. Everybody. I'm, I'm doing my thing. But there are also times. You know, I, I t- and I think I've said this to you or somebody once before. There's a difference between uh, uh, dating somebody, being engaged to somebody, and then being married to somebody. And anybody hey, who's right. being married to somebody have. knows that in, a, <laughs> in that journey of that man's life, there are weak moments. There are vulnerable moments. There are ugly moments. There are moments where where that spouse or that mate is going to be the stronger person. Um Right. Um, that it's going to be a season where they may make more money than you. It, it, you know, right. it, it all depends that now, does that make you any more or less than a man? There's going to be times if you're married or if you have a partner where sex is going to be great and you going to be knocking it down. But then there's other times where you're going to be looking like, what's wrong with me? You, you feel it's the, it's the truth. And I want, my hope is to, to present a holistic point of view of what it means to be a man. And I think part of me starting this podcast and even jumping into this world and letting my voice be heard is because there's so many definitions that exclude men from the conversation. And I'm like, man, 
I look between my legs. I got the same thing. Like I, I, I'm I'm, so just because I don't fit a social construct, does that mean I'm any more or less than a man? And of course my answer is hell no. I'm just as much of a man as anybody else. And for other brothers that are out there too. So that's fire, bro. Like when I, I'm, I'm, I'm not engaged nor married. But as someone who's in a committed relationship or who has been in committed relationships, I can definitely... How long y'all been like, together now? So that's actually <laughs> an old relationship, but... <laughs> that's an act. But we, we were at six and a half years. We were at six and a half years. Oh, <laughs> but no I get, you got I, all cut up again. You all cut up, you got all the money. <laughs> oh, okay. I was wondering what's I was going on. I was free agent. You okay, know? I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. man, that's but 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 truly speaking, that's such a um relieving perspective to have on manhood because when you think of let's just say the what we traditionally know as the most important areas of life, finances, um, sex, and uh, and and security or protection. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm those areas, you, there's definitely different levels at different points in your life, and and we can honestly admit that, like, at some in some moments, we are looking to our significant others for that peace, for that security, for like we like, baby, I know I, I know I'd have had it for X amount of time, but like I need you right now, right? And that's in so, all areas, bro. Yeah, and, and literally in, in your faith, in your, in your uh, relationship with your family, your friends, your your finances, just like all of it, all of the above. I've definitely been in a space where I'm like, I know I normally have this together, but right now I just need you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, yeah, man, that's beautiful, and it makes me even more excited that you are creating this platform to to be vocal and clear about what this looks like. To be a holistic man, not just three, you know, Roman time. Come on, man. Come on. Not just Roman. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, this is my. This is. I think we need a more holistic approach. So, man. With that being said, dude, I want people to get the fullness of who you are, bro. So, so. You are a man of excellence, dude. You are an educated man. You got an organization that's doing amazing things, man. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about your organization. Um, and I want to ask you, what has what compelled you to become who you are today? Uh, so to answer your first question, uh, the name of our organization is A Greater Good Foundation. Uh, we mentor at risk at-risk youth across uh, Chicago, the Chicagoland area and Gary, Indiana. Uh, we primarily work with uh, young young men who've been kicked out of school for a number of, uh, young high school boys who've been kicked out of school for a number of reasons. Uh, we go in, work directly with these students and teach the social-emotional curriculum, teaching them interpersonal skills and how to manage their emotions and deal with uh, the, the, the stresses that come into their life. Um, we also have a youth residence in Cary, Indiana, where we house high school boys, um, 13 to 18 years old, um, who, who just need either a second chance 
or need a safe, loving environment to really tap into who they really are as uh, young people. Um, we've been operating this for going on four years this year. We've had some tremendous successes. Um, and what really shaped me into growing so passionate about this uh, this work is I was one of those young men. Uh, when I was growing up, like as I mentioned earlier, from the south side of Chicago, moved to Gary, Indiana. Uh, I've been kicked out of school. I've been to 17 different schools. Um, and I was reluctant to have people who, who saw my light despite whatever moment, uh, whatever darkness I was walking in at that point in time. And they just never gave up on me. And at some point it clicked. I always say it was, I was walk, I was going into my high school years and it clicked. I was a fighter to give people a clear picture. Uh, I was always, uh, I was always well-spoken. I always did well in the classroom. I always had leadership qualities, but for whatever reason, I felt the need to, to defend myself physically. And then it always put my, and I, and it always put me in situations where I was either being kicked out of school or suspended from school, kicked out of school or, or in isolation. And um, once I tapped into my greatness, I never strayed away from connecting with the guys who were walking in my old path. I saw the same mm-hmm. thing in them that my parents saw in me. I knew they weren't different. I knew they wanted differently. They just didn't necessarily have a path to, to get different results or they didn't see it in themselves to get different results. So as I went through college and, uh, and eventually I graduated from college, I always had a heart for going back and talking to the guys who were um, either gang involved, um, drug involved, or or just aggressive because I knew that I was that same kid. And it, I mean, it literally was a fire that burned deep inside of me because it was so prevalent in the communities that I was from. There were guys who... Uh, that would be amazing artists, amazing musicians, amazing orators. They could speak as well as anyone. Um, they were writers, but for whatever reason, they were more engaged in whatever their community showed them. Um, whether that was drugs, whether that was gangs, whether that was women, whatever the case may be. Um, and and at the end of the day, I knew they were no better than me or, or um, they were no different than me. So, uh, a year, just about a year, just over a year out of college, I, I say uh, God spoke to me because I walked away from a very lucrative career, um, a very um, blessed position to start what's now a very good foundation. And uh, and I love what I do every day. Uh, I, I thank God for putting that on my heart. Hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> man, that's, that's, oh, that's love, man. I, um, man, it's crazy how, you know, um, my my mother used to say, "Tell you want to make God laugh. Tell him your plans, and <laughs> right, tell him your plans, and that joke will mess up your whole life. Have you doing stuff that you never thought you'd be doing? But Absolutely. man, your journey is amazing, and you're helping so many um, young kids. And you know, with coronas, with this coronavirus, I might need to come stay in y'all house too, fam." <laughs> <laughs> I might need to come stay. Um, I'll pay. I'll pay rent though. Uh, hey, go, go, dude, go, I'll pay, go I'll pay rent. Look, man, I, I'm I'm curious because 
you've pulled yourself out of a hole, out of a gutter, and you've become who you are, man. And you are a man of excellence. You are a man of quality. I, I remember first time meeting you, seeing you walk in a room. You walk into a room like you own it. You walk into the room like, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm here. Listen, that's that's just kind of the aura that you carry. You you know, right. it's like you your your posture says I'm the boss. <laughs> and so I'm curious, man, what was your journey? What what inner workings, what had to change? What are some practical things in you that you had to change to become the man of excellence that you are? And how did you overcome the negative stereotypes? And the and the people who remember you as the fighter, as the headbuster, seventeen schools fam. I'm an educator. I don't even know how you did that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Oh man, you know uh, that question like it resonates so heavily. I was just talking to my cousin the other day who grew up up in the same neighborhood that I grew up in, Um, and we're a year apart, so we we think speeds growing up. And I told him, I think my blessing and going through what I went through. So earlier I mentioned I went, I've been to 17 different schools. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't even know how you pulled that off, fam. <laughs> that's a lot. And I told him that my blessing throughout that experience was every school, every environment that I went in, I got an opportunity to redefine myself. And I was getting it wrong over and over and over. The first four or five times is like, I'm tough. I'm show you I'm hard. I'm I'm this. I'm that. And then at some point, I'll tell you what it was, Rob. I vividly remember. I don't even have to guess about it. Um, my I saw my my mom was strong. You know, most you know most of our most of my mothers. You know what I mean. No offense to anybody, but most African American mothers, they just got something in them. My mom is. Uh, I probably seen her cry. Five times, all the five times in my entire life, and uh, I saw her cry as I was transitioning from one school to another. And she was talking to my my biological father on the phone. She was just saying like, "I don't know what to do." And I was old enough to be like, "Yo, like you put your mom this, like you, your behavior is now impacting people outside of yourself." And for whatever reason, I probably was 13, 14 years old at that point in time. It it touched me so much that that I had that my actions were impacting my mother to the point where she was crying, taking off work, like she said she didn't know what to do with me. And uh, I I began to I began to think more comprehensively about my behavior and uh I, I want to make sure I'm answering your question uh, directly. So the thing that resonated, or I, I guess you could say that, that changed me the most was understanding that my behavior impacted more than just myself. And once I, once I realized that, like, yo, every environment that you go in, bro, you could be somebody different. And who you choose to be from this point forward has a has a direct correlation of what the rest of your life looks like. So at some point, I want to say like eighth or ninth grade, I was like, yo, I don't want to be known as a tough kid anymore. 
I want to be known as the athletic, smart kid. And that's what I wanted to identify. I, I had found out in the years prior that tough kid, that role comes to an end at some point. And Rob, I, I, don't, I don't need to tell mm. most many people that I've never said this publicly, only and within conversations. I was in eighth grade. I had a fight with a kid. And uh, I was on my way home to school, a normal fight. Um, you know, one, as much as that matters. And the next day we come to school and some of my homies are like, yo, EJ got something for you. And I'm like, what you mean he got something for me? And they told me he had put a padlock in a sock, like in a, in a long, like in a tube sock. And that his father had told him that if he had any problems the next day, to use that if he needed it. And I I realized, like, yo, like, you can't win all of these. (laughs) Like, like, there's no way. Like, I don't care how good these are. You can't win all of these. Somebody's going to catch you on a day where you're not aware. Someone doesn't tip you off or whatever. And I was that, that was the first day I was like, I felt like my life was like, at, not not at jeopardy, but like my life was on the line for the decisions that I was making. Mm. So going into ninth grade, I was like, yo, I don't want to be known as tough no more. <laughs> like, I want to be known as tough on the field. <laughs> I want to be, be known as like someone who not only did well athletically, but was also like a smart, guy. He had his head on straight. I did not want to be known as another statistic from the inner city of Chicago who made the wrong decisions and didn't make it like I was motivated by the negative. So it's 100%. Man, I think what was what's powerful and what you're saying is number one is that you recognized you started to become a man of excellence, number one, by realizing that your decisions were affecting people who cared about you. 100%. That was 100%. And I think number two, the thing that I, that I heard you say was you realized that this is not who you wanted to be. Yeah. Rob, man, I was like, I think one of the things that a lot of, and I don't care what walk of life we come from, we have such a hard time looking objectively at the reality that we live in. Excuse me. I can look as clear as day into my environment where I was from and see where the guys were who were behaving the same way that I was behaving when I was a kid. I can look directly into my environment and be like, Yo, he's living exactly what I don't want to live. She's living exactly what I don't want to live. And they were probably a lot like me when I was young. Like, they're still tough at 25, 26, 27, but they're they're struggling. They're living paycheck to paycheck. Like, they're, they're, they're not improving the lives of their children. You know, like, I was able to look objectively at the people who were older than me, maybe a generation or so older than me, and be like, hey, I don't care what this means now, but if that's what it looks like five, ten years from now, I'm good on all of that. And I think that when, by the time I got into high school, uh, 
and to to teeter to segue into your question of like excellence, I was able to that persona where that persona came from. That that that's that inner city persona. You know what I mean? If I'm being completely candid with you, like that was that that identity of like the blessing. Put it this way: having to redefine who you are. 12, 13, 14, 15 different times. By the time I got into an environment where it was actually safe, where it was it was a controlled environment where the rules were judged by like a, a, a legitimate standard, man, I was like, yo, all I got to do is get an A in this class and I'm considered like dope or like the man. Wow. All I got to do is get, like, eight tackles a game and I can make, like, all conference. Like, I don't got to tote no drugs. I don't, I like, I don't got to fight because my homie fighting. Like, I was like, I can be sure about who this guy is. And and I saw the trajectory of where these guys go. I'm like, yo, I can be confident in this guy. And from that point forward, I was like, if I can make it out of the circumstances that I made it out of, like, safely with my mind intact, my spirit intact, my heart intact, my fit, my body was intact. I was like, yo, like this, this, this is nothing. You know what I mean? A test can't break me down. <laughs> I feel you, man. So it sounds like you were saying that first you had to get this inward man right, right? You, you had to get that inward man right. Now that's cool, and I think that's half of the battle. So how does one contend with the outer stuff? The I Am Man Podcast is produced by men for men. We are here to support men through their individual journeys to authentic and holistic manhood. We believe men play an essential role in securing the future of generations and deserve to be seen and heard. Our podcast is a safe space where men from all walks of life can come and process through life's challenges to become the best versions of themselves.